This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Am I... Am I welcoming you or other people? I'm not sure. Please welcome me. <laughs> I think I need it. <laughs> Tell me. You're welcome here in this space. How well, are you? I'm doing pretty well. And I have to say, this morning, I loved how you texted me and you told me the two things you're excited about today. <laughs> I I hope you do that every morning. And I... Do you want me to do that every morning? I really you? like that. It just felt like a, like a positive, you know, way to start my day. And I had to sit and think about what am I excited about today? So it really got me thinking. And you said pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you answered me with. Just love the fall. But mine was like one thing I excited about and one thing I excited to get the fuck over with. Right? Like yes. I am like, you know... Sometimes it's okay to be like, oh my God, I get to like get this thing done that's been kind of weighing over my head and I don't particularly want to do. And maybe that's how people feel with dealing with people in their life that isn't doing the work. Wow, there's the transition. Did I connect it? You <laughs> should be like a professional transitioner. <laughs> we we recently got a very negative um podcast comment about my East Coast accent. <laughs> What did it say? It was actually amazing. Also, at Emma- it said like this show would be amazing if it wasn't for the girl with the East Coast accent that talks so much. Maybe they're talking about me. 
Definitely Do not. You think? Definitely not. <laughs> There's no chance. I what they don't realize is you want me to talk more. I'm literally. Please. This is a, Emily. So after we got that, Emily, Emily was like, "It's that's it. I'm not talking in the next one." I said, "Don't you fucking dare." <laughs> Okay, why don't you have an East Coast accent? We grew up like 30 minutes from each other. It's like, it's kind of like the thing where we talk about because you're like nine months younger than me. You're so much (laughs) younger than me. (laughs) And because I grew up 30 miles south of you, I have an East Coast accent. You are so much more East Coast than me. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know, but you need, listen, you are who you are. I just... I just don't think people are talking about <laughs> men's voices. Wow. Why, I do not think men's podcasts get, nobody's like, oh, Joe Rogan's accent so fucking annoying. They're like, <laughs> like oh, people only make comments about women's voices. It's true. And my I mean, vocal fry and my annoying accent. I don't know. I think your vocal fry is beautiful. <laughs> okay. And whoever said that to you can listen to a different podcast. I think she said she was going Good. to. <laughs> That's positive. <laughs> That's positive. How did we get it? And so let's talk about how to deal with difficult people in your life. Wow. Who aren't doing the work. And so who are we got so and are just writing anonymous reviews. Yeah, which we get. You know, it's easier to hide behind. It's fine. I get it. It's valid. Fucking whatever. You're having a bad day. Have yeah. a good person to take it out on. That's part. <laughs> I understand that in life. Fine. <laughs> A lot of people said, right, we often like, you know, write on Instagram, like, what do you want to hear an episode about? And tons of people wrote in, it's like, well, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Y'all talk about like doing the work and how you do this. But what about people in our lives that don't, right? And there's that very funny meme that's like, the majority of people that are in therapy are to deal with people in their lives that should be in therapy. Right. And how many of us feel that? Raise your hand while you're listening to this podcast. If you are watching on YouTube or any of your, actually, YouTube's the only thing we're on. No, just YouTube. You will see <laughs> that both of our hands are raised. Even us as therapists. I'm wearing yes. I'm wearing a rocker shirt today. Is that why? Oh, no. Wow, you are. Was that part of your newly? No. That, I, wait, I got oh, this. You bought I it? got this with you. Oh, my God. Is that the vintage one from the store in LA? There is. Wow. What band is it? She doesn't even fucking know. She definitely doesn't know the music. The Rolling Stones. I don't. I'm. I am. Name one Rolling Stones. I'm that girl. I am that girl, and I'm gonna accept it. I will admit it. All right. All right. Okay. On topic. (laughs) How the heck are you supposed to deal with these people? So, what do you think, Jen? What do you got, baby? Start us off. The first thing that comes to my mind is that. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on your therapeutic journey, right? If you're like deep into this podcast, some type of healing. you're into some type of healing. One of the hardest things that I think that comes up when you're on your healing journey is that you are learning so much stuff that is changing your life. You are seeing the world differently. You are seeing yourself differently. You're seeing your relationships differently. And it is changing the way in which you interact with the world. The tough thing about that is others in your life aren't at that same point. And so you're seeing this and you're like, oh my God, this is like, I need to tell everyone about this. This is so wild. But if other people in your life are not at the point in which they are able to hear this or take this in or go to therapy themselves, they are going to be resistant to that. And that is that can be so frustrating when you are learning something that is helping you tremendously. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's like it also feels like these people are rejecting a whole part of you, right? Like if you're doing this stuff and you're feeling really proud of it and then you feel like it's minimized. Somebody asked a question like, um, I really like this question. Someone wrote in and was like, how are you supposed to get anywhere with them when they see your communication as being sensitive? Hmm. So like you try to set up boundaries, you try to say something and like, God, this is just you being sensitive. Jen, (laughs) how many times you have been felt that in your life? My whole life. And I've uh, okay. so I'm going to answer that one. Ready? The way in which I have learned to process that is that when other people are telling you that you're sensitive, what they are really saying is I haven't done my own work enough to be able to process your emotions and to be able to sit with your emotions and to be able to hold space for your emotions. That it isn't about you being too sensitive. It's about their, they haven't gotten to the place where they can sit with that. Mm. And they aren't able to sit with their own emotions. They aren't able to give themselves the space for their own feelings. And that's why when you express yourself, it's so much easier for them to shut you down by saying you're way too sensitive. Well, it's also one of those things I always think about, which is that like, right, like if I if I view everything I do as sensitive or I don't give myself any self-compassion, then of course, when you come to me, I'm not going to hold any space for you for that. But I also think about like times in my life where someone has said like, oh, like, you've hurt me and it genuinely was intentional it is so easy for me to be like i had no idea right like i didn't realize this was a trigger for you you know what i mean like it is so easy for me to be like oh my gosh like didn't even realize now the times that i haven't been able to take that from people is times that i did kind of want to upset them and that i was annoyed with them they brought it up Mm. let's be honest wow right like nobody likes saying that part of herself but like bs yes that you have never done something passive aggressive and then didn't want to take responsibility for your passive aggressive right you're like what are you talking well that's isn't that the reason for being passive aggressive <laughs> is the, pa- the passivity the, the passivity of it is that like the reason why you can be passive aggressive is because if someone comes to you and says hey why are you doing this you could be like what are you talking about right where yeah. you don't take responsibility for it which is why it is so much more difficult to go to someone who's being passive aggressive and say yeah. like, hey, are you doing this? Because they can shut you down so much easier. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So as you know, I'm so close. My sister-in-law, she listens to every episode. Hi, Hi. darling. I love Hi. you. And there's been so many times that she has felt like I was saying something about her. Like so recently in the in-laws episode, I talked about like, we can't do the holidays the same way this year. Like I had talked about this and she was like, hey, like, was that your way of saying like that you're not going to be home for Thanksgiving, all this stuff? And I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. You misread that. I was saying I'm, I won't be going to the other place. I actually will be there. <laughs> This time I will be I was with like, oh, you. No, no, yes, I was like, no, no, you misread that. I will be home for all the holidays this year. I'm no longer driving, is what I was right, saying. Right, right. Good, but I think that like some, and that's what I mean. So it was so easy for me to come about and be like, oh no, no, like totally an accident. Didn't see it. If that was me, Pastor Grizzly saying something, I would have probably been more defensive of like, I mean, I, I, as I said on the show, like I just haven't figured out the holiday plans. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, no. Let me be clear. If you say that in any conversation, like as I said on the show, <laughs> I will die. <laughs> I will die. Be the lamest thing ever. So lame. <laughs> but so okay, right? So like that's one of the things. So like how somebody responds to you and reacts to you is a lot of information. Right. And one of the things I am have really been working on on my own journey, we've been talking about a lot, is hard in the inside, soft in the outside. Right. And we have this idea when we think about boundaries that it should be hard outside, soft inside. Right. I hold this hard boundary. It doesn't. I want you to think about actually switching those two things. Hardening the inside is like what Brene Brown talks about of like uh, standing your sacred ground. But basically just like I know for me what is right 
And so the other stuff I don't need to come out of like such like 100% all the time. Oh, yeah. I think that that can be such a hard, difficult thing to be able to hold on to. You know, we were talking a lot about sensitivity and we were talking about, hold, you know, people holding space for you. And if they're unable to do that, I think we're so we're so much quicker to get defensive in that. And when you get defensive, you're saying like, oh, is this true of me? Right. As opposed Mm. to I am allowed to have these sensitivities. I'm allowed to feel this way. And I can understand that that's not something that you're comfortable with. But it's not ju- it's not your job to change how you're feeling about it, right? Maybe your expression of that can change because the other person is unable to hold space for you. But I want you to really sit with that and process the fact that you're allowed to just because someone else is ch- having a challenging time holding space for you does not mean that you cannot hold that space for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something I want you to sit with. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If 
you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. How to respond to those who think they're doing the work, but not actually. I will say this. I don't think we get to define for other people what is their journey, right? So if somebody is, it might be that like, okay, we're thinking like your priorities are off. You should be working on this thing, not this thing. Like we don't get to do that. <laughs> I've people never, I have you. never done that before in my relationship. <laughs> never. Really? Tell me how, how easy that was to never do yeah. that. <laughs> You know, as a therapist, <laughs> you see all of the things that in your partner that you're like, I think you could work on this, this and this. And then you finally mm-hmm. get them into therapy. They go to therapy and they're like, oh, I talked about this. And you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. You had so many other things to talk about. I mean, in, yeah. I say that to myself internally, but, you know, externally, I say, great, you know, like good for you. Right. So I think that that's a piece of it. You might have an yeah. idea of things that you want certain people in your life to work on, that can take time. Like it can take a lot of time for them to get there. If you think about your own therapeutic journey, think about when you started therapy or when you started kind of looking into yourself and then maybe where you are now and how much time it took to get you to the place that you are. I think when you are so kind of engrossed in your own journey, you forget how long it took you to get there. And when you see someone else doing it, you're like, okay, well, hurry up, you know, like get to this place. I want you to get there. Ooh, that is such a great point. The like, you know, the speed we want for other people, especially if we, I think, I mean, I hear this a ton in heterosexual relationships of like, I've been doing this work for five years. My partner is just starting to do this work. And like, but I'm like so over it, right? Like, well, like we don't get to decide the speed of things. But what we do get to decide is like how we navigate yes. that, how we handle it, how we hold on to ourselves. I mean, so many people wrote in questions, how do I get through to them? Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just have boundaries for yourself and say like, this person is truly not going to work on their relationship with drinking. And so does that mean I don't drink with them? Does that mean I say something? Does that mean I let them know I'm uncomfortable with it? Right? Like, how am I going to handle this part of my responsibility right like sometimes it's really not about the other person because we don't get choice there and I think that's something to ask yourself like if you find yourself really stuck in that you know if you're like well my partner's just starting this and I want them to speed up what is going on for you right like Mm. what is challenging about that for you what is it leading to in your relationship if this is your romantic relationship or any friendship whatever relationship with your family What is that? Is that leading to disconnection? Is that leading to you being unattracted to that? Whatever it is, I would ask, you know, try to turn inward and saying, what is this doing within our relationship? How is this affecting how I'm seeing my partner, how I'm seeing this person? And then go from there, because I think so often we turn outward and say, well, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, as opposed to turn inward and say, well, what's what is this doing to me? Or like, what am I struggling with in this? You know, our couples therapist says to us is, Everyone gets a voice, not everyone gets their way. <laughs> so <laughs> you can say stuff doesn't mean you're coming out with your way right. done, right? Like, but that's the point is also like, 
you shouldn't get your way all the time. If you get your way all the fucking time, you're going to be entitled, right. right? Like, it's the ability to sit here and say, like, you know what? I got to speak my piece. Maybe nothing came from it. But I know that I spoke up and I did my thing. And I and that's like sometimes all we right. can do. And my partner heard me, right? That that's that's I think what happens is that your partner can hear you, but also make the same decision, right? Like your yeah. partner can really hear what you're saying and validate the fact that this might be frustrating for you, but still be on their own journey and making decisions for themselves. Just because they hear you doesn't mean you get to control their decisions. Somebody said people that claim they are but are showing no signs of improvement after several years. I guess then you have to decide what you do with that, right? Something that like I personally know, like like something yeah, my yeah. couples therapist says is that like she says to my husband, Emily doesn't care about the process. She cares about the outcome. So it's right. It's like you keep telling me about like the process, but if there's no outcome from it, what does that do? Yes. Right? Like it's a lot of like, it's a lot of words and it's not mm. a lot of action. And so it's true. People that claim they are, but they're showing no signs of improvement after several years, then you have to say to yourself, maybe this doesn't work for me. Yeah. Maybe their way of growth is actually not the outcome that I'm looking for. And I have to navigate this in a different way. And that's also not about them not doing the work. They're doing the work in their way, maybe. And still, maybe that doesn't work for you. And maybe it takes a conversation, right, where you might be, uh, I'm assuming, because that's our only option in this situation, that you might be stuck in the, okay, well, you say you're doing the work. I don't see you doing there. Well, why don't you clarify what that means to you, right? What does, what would change in your relationship if you felt like they were doing the work? Because they might have a completely different definition of what that looks like, right? They might see changes within themselves, within the relationship, whereas your definition of change is very different. And so I think having the conversation around what that looks like for you is and, and really clarifying it is really important so that you can communicate and you can come together on what that might look like for the two of you. What else we got going on? A lot of questions about resentment, how to avoid resentment, had not feel resentment, how did, how did not start becoming resentful. I mean, the, the amount of times I'm seeing the word resentment here is unbelievable. So that yeah. means people are feeling a lot of resentment. Yeah, we hear it. We hear you. If everyone's asking about it. That's what we got something <laughs> okay, up, right? And our favorite thing, if you listen to us a lot, we apologize because we say this all the time. One of our favorite things to say when someone says, how do I not feel this? Is that you got to feel it. And there's no, there's no stopping it. What was our new tagline? I keep forgetting. Fuck it, feel it. Fuck it, feel it. They're definitely not going to let us put that on anything. (laughs) (laughs) Who's they? We got a really negative email. Wait, also, we got a really negative email a few weeks ago from a fellow therapist who told us how unprofessional we are for saying the F word, in which I sent her an email back and said. It was so nice. She said. It was nice. You said, we're not for everyone. And then you said, you said like, you said something very Handmaid's tale at the end. Wait. You said okay. like, go, go in peace or something yeah. okay. under his eye. Okay. As a reminder, I was raised Quaker. And it is if anyone else has been raised with Quakers or went to friend school, they say this thing of like, in peace. Like, it's like, a, it's like a way that you, you like leave. Right. And like, Love so it. usually I sign off emails and I say like, warmly, Emily. But I was like, you want to know what? In this moment, I'm going to say warmly in peace. Right. I'm gonna start signing off emails. You under thought it his was eye. Handmaid's Tale? Fuck. You thought it was like she, some like under his probably, eye shit. She probably read that email. She was like, "Oh God!" Right? She like this said, a, way- "I mean, she said this an entire thing about how unprofessional we are." And I was just like, 
okay, then like do not like that well, is listen, fine. That's all right. You have your own work to do if that makes you uncomfortable, right? It's the same sensitive situation. It made her uncomfortable. It brought something up for her. Yes. She turned it on the podcast as opposed to being like, well, what what is this about me that this is making me uncomfortable? And I feel what internalized messages do I have about being a professional? Right. <laughs> so no, instead, she was I like, said. you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to email this random podcast at seven in the fucking morning. Yeah. I mean, that was that was her choice. And so I say this with people. Um, I was driving with Nikki home. She loves this. And she I think she's taken it with her. And I hope she's listening to this. And she obviously is because she, she doesn't have everyone. a choice. It's her she job. doesn't have a choice. It's her job. Um, but we were in the car driving home from Westchester. Someone cut us off and they were like beeping at it. it was just a, maybe they gave us the finger. And Nikki mm. was like, what the what the fuck? And I said, you know, they have their own demons. <laughs> and she loved that. She's she taken it with it. her ever, yeah. ever since. And I think that's something to me. Re- <laughs> <laughs> could, you Im- could you imagine if it was you? I will also say, I actually never honk at anyone. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, if anything, I would pull up next to the driver and I would do one of these. <laughs> I would be like, I would be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, it's, it's like when someone begs into me, it's like someone like body checks me and I'm like, oh, so sorry. I was in your way. Like I should get that. T- I need to work on that. Yeah, therapy. that's something. Okay. So let's talk about avoiding resentment, right? One, you can't avoid it, but you can communicate it. You can also check in. It's giving you information. If I am feeling resentment, what is that saying? This feels unbalanced. This feels unfair. This feels, I feel hurt about this. I feel rejected. Like, what are the feelings that are like underneath what that resentment is? And what is the point and function of that resentment? Often, I believe it's self-protective. If I, if I hate you, if I hate this part of you, then it doesn't hurt when it keeps showing up. So it's a great way to actually, so I actually think feeling resentment is a way of not feeling disappointment and grief. Oof. Say that again. I think... <laughs> Please don't make me do that. Very anxious right now. <laughs> Where's resentment on the feelings wheel? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm going to find it. You say feeling resentment is a way to not feel disappointment and grief, right? Yeah. It's protective for you. That it's is almost anger. like a, it's anger, right? It's like a top layer emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens too, right? If we're talking about our, you know, in our relationship, I'm, I'm keep thinking this is like your romantic relationship because I think this is where it comes up, yeah. you know, the most besides your like familial relationship um, that sometimes we like if our partner's not not doing the work and we're doing the work and, you know, we want them to do more work on themselves, it comes out more we we express it more in the face of resentment as opposed to sitting down with them at some point and be like, hey, listen, I'm really unhappy. You know, like I need to let you know I'm really, really unhappy. Like these these parts of our relationship are really affecting me. And mm-hmm. I we need to talk about what we do about that because I really feel like I'm doing a lot of work in therapy. I understand that maybe therapy is uncomfortable for you, but let's talk about, do we go to couples therapy or is there anything else that you can do, whether it's read or something where we can get on the same page? Because how we are right now is not working for me. And I think so often, instead of sitting them down and being, and really holding them accountable, that we'll react to them in the heat of anger or the heat of resentment and say, well, you need to go to fucking therapy. Yeah. 
Right. And then there's so and they're like, I'm not going to fucking therapy. Right. Get like it gets pulled into your into your arguments as opposed to you really sitting down, being, you know, being really serious and stern with them and saying this is really important to me and it's really important to our relationship. Jen, so I don't make a unilateral decision right now. I think that we should do a two part episode about this because I actually think we have a lot to talk about. Wow. What do you think about that idea? Just as I'm going through these questions. Listen, that we're going to do thank- two in a row, I think. Let's do two in a row. Okay. Oh, so are right. we coming? Listen, I have no sense of time. Are we coming to the end of our time? Is that why you're saying that? No, I'm just because I'm looking through all these questions and I'm like, oh, oh let's wow. two part this baby. Like, so I don't feel rushed through this, right? Totally. Because, okay, here's what I hear from people and all through all these questions. I am desperate for people in my life to show up. I'm desperate for people in my life to have depth and good relationships, right? What I'm hearing all these people say is I don't want to cut off family members, right? I feel like there is this thing, you know, like, and we talked about before, like, hey, man, like, if if shit's abusive, fucking cut it, right? Like, if stuff is incredibly unhealthy for you, cut it. No shame, right? Like, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. But what I hear from most people is, like, I do not want to cut off. I don't want to lose people in my life. I love my family. I love my partner. I want to make this work. But what if I'm the only one doing it? And here's what we talk about is that here's the cool news is two people to set a dynamic, one person to change it, baby. You're that person listening. <laughs> You're turning into like a like a sports announcer. <laughs> okay, so all right, so we'll do two parts. We, here. I just wanted we to clearly, make sure we clearly don't watch sports. I don't know. Noise I made. Is that like a is that football? Isn't your isn't your cat named after the NFL? I'm sorry. What? Nelly was, Nelly was at Nelly for NFL. Didn't you talk about that? No. <laughs> did I make that entire thing do up? Think, do you think I love football? No, I thought Bill did maybe. No. <laughs> did I make that entire thing up? Because I'm pretty sure I've told every person Nelly's. You... <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Remind, tell me just, just to backtrack. Where would that come from with the NFL? Just that. Is it just the beginning? I just. Um... <laughs> Okay, I just, I don't feel like I made that up. <laughs> a thousand percent you made that up. Okay. But but we can go with that. Yes, Nelly is named after the NFL. I love football. <laughs> it is my favorite sport. I used to I play football. I can't contain myself. <laughs> okay, Did I make speak- that up? Yeah, I think you might have. Also, speaking of, I'm sorry to get us off topic. Emily got a new addition to her family. I got a dog. I got a new dog. She's a puppy. And she's and so cute. Dolly. Dolly Parton. Yeah, Little show, her, show yeah. her in part two. Okay. Okay, I'll show her in part two. Okay. okay. Um, she was sleeping right now, so I didn't want to bring her up, right? Okay, right, right, fair. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. How to continue a relationship with my mom who, who won't respect my boundaries around diet culture topics and constantly bring up that I'm not pregnant yet. So it sounds like you have set small boundaries. Please don't talk to me about that, right? You might have to elevate that boundary and say, mom, every time you bring that up, I'm going to physically walk out of this room. I'm going to leave. I'm going to end our time. Right? Yes. The other thing you might have to say is there will be people in your life that no matter how many boundaries you set, still do not give a shit Mm -hmm. and still cannot. Whether they are hyper fixated on something, right? So also the other thing is constantly bring up the fact that I'm not pregnant. I was married in 2019. Like, yeah, it's your life. You don't have to fucking get pregnant now, ever. If you do, whatever, right? So like, so you might have to one set like a really like hard boundary. Like I'm actually going to physically remove myself from this conversation. I'm going to leave the house. I'm going to end our time together. You could do something like that. Or something that we also have to say is how do we navigate saying, you're doing it again, aren't you? Here we go. <laughs> Tried, mom. What do I do now? <laughs> right? Like, literally, like, like, right? Like, tell me. I, mom, I've tried to ask you in every way. What? Yeah. What? What's happening? What else? What What's else the disconnect, babe? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Right? Like, because, like, some's not connecting. Yeah. And I it makes me want to pull my hair out and I don't yeah. know what to do. And I love you and I want this to work, but I have to I think I have to leave the house. When right. You do that's, this. that's what I was going to say is that I think those two things can be connected. Right. Or you could be like, Mom, listen, you're doing it again. I need to let you know that, like, because I've tried to set this boundary so many times 
because it keeps happening, like I just got to walk out of the house. Like it's not, I really need to take care of myself because this boundary is not being respected. Yeah. And you're right. Like there will be people in your life who continue to push your boundaries over and over and over and over again. And I think that that can be so challenging. And I think alongside that, something that I think is really important is checking in with yourself when that's happening and saying, okay, how do I manage my own emotional response to this because it keeps happening and my boundaries aren't being respected? Because I think sometimes the only way you can calmly say, mom, what's going on with, you know, I've said this over and over, is your ability to regulate your own emotions during that time. And so I think figuring out what does that look like when this happens again, I think prepping for it, right? To know if your mom hasn't, re- if you set boundaries over and over again and it's not being respected, like shit's going to keep happening. <laughs> Stop. It's, it's going to no keep ma- happening. no magical sauce here, baby. Because mom isn't doing her own work, right? And that's, that's the point of this. Mom's not doing her own work. And so you got to prep for this. It's going to yeah. keep happening, right? Your boundaries might not be being respected. Maybe because mom hasn't done her own work. Her boundaries were never respected. She believes that she can push her own, you know, feelings onto you because someone pushed their own feelings onto her. And so, so it's continuing to be perpetuated, but you get to break that cycle and you get to say, I'm walking out now, right? I'm not going to do this anymore. Listen, maybe I can't talk to you as much because my boundaries aren't being respected. And and then you go from there. But I think I think prep for it, right? People, when people continue to do the same thing and they're not doing the work to change it or they don't acknowledge it, you kind of have to expect that it's going to keep happening. Yeah. This, this is probably not the same person, but I think that the question goes well together. How do I not want to pull my hair out every time we interact? If you want to pull your hair out every time you interact with someone, you're going to need to take a little break from that relationship. Because one, is this hurting you to be with them? What is this doing to your mental health? What is the repercussions to you? Also, if I was in a relationship with someone and every time they're with me when they pull their hair out, I would be like, I don't, don't be in a relationship with me. I don't want you to feel that way about me either. Right. Right. So if it is that much of a trigger, you can de-escalate when you are that triggered up. Right. So we have to find a way to one, how do you take a break when you're that triggered? How do you time out yourself? If you feel that thing of like, oh my God, like I can't take this. Like I'm freaking out. Like I'm going to go to the bathroom, move yourself. This is when you do your fake cigarette break. <laughs> I took up smoking. Gotta go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I took up smoking. Just gotta go. Right? Took Anything, up smoking. Right. Like I got to go outside. I'm feeling right. Like I can feel myself like getting like a little bit it's overwhelmed. Hot in here. It's really hot, hot in here. here. Need a break. Yes. Go outside. And say to yourself, okay, what is coming up for me right now? I'm so mad at that other person, but what's the feeling? Besides the anger and rage I'm feeling towards them that makes me want to hurt myself and pull my hair out, what is actually the emotion that's coming up for me? You're going to de-escalate yourself. You're going to regulate your feelings. And then am I able to re-enter? And if you are not, then go home for the day. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Take a break. Figure a longer thing. You want to know what? I'm actually like, I'm so overwhelmed. I need to go take a shower. Give yourself a 30-minute break, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't de-escalate down to five minutes. Sometimes it's 10, it's 20, it's 30, it's 40. But you've got to be responsible of how you take care of yourself in that situation. And if it is the same thing every, every time that you're that triggered, it is time for a break. That doesn't mean to cut off. It means a break. There should be a 
I don't know if it's like a fidget toy or something where you can pull hair out. You know, like the pimple that's popper. What, that's what you got out of that. Yes. <laughs> that is that. It's probably already invented, dude. Everything's like, invented. I feel like there should be something where you could well, get. you could just because, get a fidget toy. Yeah, a fidget toy or something. But <clears throat> there's something about, I don't know, like so. Well, it's trichotillomania, right? Like, yeah, there is. There's something very gratifying about that that calms you. Exactly. And there's uh, thinking about, you know, when, when you want to do, you're trying to get energy out of your body, right? Your brain is sending these stress signals to the rest of your body. And that's, that is where that feeling is coming from of like, yeah. I need to pull something. I need to get this energy out. And so what we're saying is you're going to complete the stress response cycle by going outside instead of pulling your hair out, by de-escalating yourself, by going your hair out, by buying a fidget toy where you can pull the hairs out. <laughs> right. So like we're trying to help you de-escalate or find a way to complete that stress response cycle in a different way, in a way that feels healthier for you and a way that feels like you have a little bit more control over. And so as opposed to just having to sit with it, right, when you have that, when you're sitting with that energy in your body, it can be really hard to sit there. And so finding ways to regulate that can be hard, but it, it might mean taking yourself out of the situation. So, yeah, that's where my fidget toy idea came from. It's really good. Thank All right, you. In, par in part two, Jen talks about trademarking her fidget toy. Okay. <laughs> um, we're going to do Dear Em and Jen, and then we're going to do a part two with this so we can get through yeah. the rest of this and get deeper into this. Okay. But are you ready for Dear Em and Jen? I'm so ready. Dear Em and Jen. This may be a strange question, dot, dot, dot. I know you have a ton of uh, clinicians who listen and a lot of clinicians in training like myself. Yay. Welcome to the field. I'm wondering if you have ever done a podcast or considered doing one on how families of new therapists or training therapists deal or how we should deal with them. LOL. For reference, my husband the other day asked me to not use him or our relationship as a pet project for school. I'm only one third of the way through my MA and have never once suggested doing so. The only assessments I've made about anyone have been myself. As you've said, grad school is the most expensive therapy you can get. So true. I'm wondering if this is a common issue. Thanks. P.S. Maybe obvious, but I love your show. <laughs> I didn't have to say the P.S., but I did. <laughs> that one was probably for us, but I still said it out loud. Okay. Listen, I can understand why that could be triggering for your partner. Let's yeah. be honest, right? Like, I mean, how many times, Jen, how many times have you been in an interaction with someone and they've been like, are you therapizing me right now? And I'm <laughs> every day of my life. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> your husband does that to you. Every, I'm like, I, I, every I, day. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that right now. Like, I'm too busy being angry and being not contained. See, like I, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm too busy therapizing them. <laughs> so that's where we're actually different, right? OK, so when which way, which from the Emily to Jen spectrum. <laughs> Where do you land? There should be an Emily to Jen spectrum. <laughs> I love that. Right? Like Emily's like, I'm too busy being uncontained in my own feelings. I am all like intellectual. Jen What's going on for you? And so, yeah, that's a good question. Where do you fall in that spectrum? Okay. So one, yeah, can your partner feel it for you? Because I also do think at the beginning, I think at grad school, if I'm being perfectly honest, I was using my family and myself as a pet project. You don't have anything Same. else to use it. You don't. What other choice you got? Also, they ask you to. You gotta write about your shit and your you gotta all write the time. about all your shit i i was really i personally was really struggling in grad school with interactions with my family the more i found out yeah. you find out so much that you didn't see before and it can be really painful for those things to come up yeah and if you're still interacting with your family in the same way it's almost impossible 
to be able to emotionally separate that because you're doing the work in grad school. Yeah. And so I guess one thing I want to say is like, it's okay in a way that you're doing the work and that it's going to come out in your interactions. Yeah. I think that that's only natural, but um, it, it's also natural when you're learning something about yourself and about your family and you're changing something that your interactions are going to change. And the way in which you, you, you know, function in your relationships is also going to change. And, and the people in your life also have to adjust to that. It is going to break the homeostasis in your relationships. It just is. Yeah. At the time, right? Two years. It's such an intensive. Our program oh was two years because you didn't. They didn't give you a choice to do a part time. Like we had, like yeah. part of our requirement of our grad program was like you had to do full time, year round. And I think we also required that of our intern. <laughs> like, oh, it's so intense. I'm like, oh wait, is that part of our qualification to work for us? <laughs> okay. Actually, um, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask Amelia. We'll ask Amelia that question. Okay. So like, here's what I think. At the time, those two years were so fucking intense and you're learning so much, so fast. But now that we're all these years out, it feels like it was such a small piece, right? Like everything that I've learned since then, all the other reading you do, all the other like certifications you do and other stuff, all the stuff you learn from your colleagues, from your clients. Fuck, even from the goddamn internet, right? Like, I, le- I learned shit from social media, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I just feel like there's so much more. So here's what I would say. I want you to tell yourself that this is a drip in the glass. It's an important glass. It's a foundational part of the glass. It definitely covers the bottom. But it's not filled yet. Yeah. And so the things that you are feeling and the overwhelmed and all this stuff, I want you to say to yourself, this is two years out of many. All the stuff I'm learning now, it's foundation, but it's not everything. And so. Yeah, that's also intense for the people around me as well. And I think at the time I was so focused on me, I didn't see how it was for other people. Right. They probably didn't feel it. Now, I was in a really unique situation in my relationship that my partner was at grad school far away in a different city. And so we like talked very little during grad school. I mean, if you remember, like, yeah. I feel like when I was presenting my thesis and he was doing his, like we didn't talk for like a month. We were both so busy. And so for me, it was like a really individualized experience and it was like kind of far away, but I was really triggered by a lot of my family stuff during that time. Me too. And so that was tough to move through that. And now I feel like separated it. So it is like part of things to say is like, how do I like kind of breathe through this two years mm-hmm. and navigate this and know that like it's a drip? That was so beautiful. That's all I have. That's, that's all you need. But maybe we'll do a full episode for clinicians and training, I think. I think that's a great idea. I love, first of all, I love you, whoever wrote this in. Yes, thank you so um, much. Thank you so much. And we will do, let's do an entire, in October, we'll do an entire episode for clinicians and training. I, lo- I love that. Okay. Um, all right, see you, part two. Part two. Part two. Hey, why don't you do the outro, Jen? Fuck. I, you know, I'm so bad at no, it. No, you're okay. really good, babe. Try. Okay. And I think the pumpkin spice latte is going to help me today. <laughs> That are going to shit your pants, either one. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, or if you think that a someone in your life who isn't doing the work would enjoy <laughs> this episode, send it on over to them. I'm sure that'll go over well. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow on Apple Podcasts. If you are looking for a clinician, we have some incredible therapists that are ready to help you in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Florida, California, Massachusetts. Did I miss any? You say New York? 
Yeah. I don't know. That, that sounds good to me. Perfect. And in don't... person in Westchester, Pennsylvania, Westchester, Pennsylvania, oh, Westchester. And, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. and we're opening up a new Philadelphia location. It's going to be beautiful. Hopefully mid-October. Get ready for it. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself. <sighs> <laughs>